I truly believe that sustainable business is good business and good business economics. And that's what we have seen as part of the program as well, is that when you implement more sustainable solutions into your supply chain, you will get cost benefit. Hello, everyone. This is Barbara Humpton, CEO of Siemens USA. And thank you for listening to The Optimistic Outlook. I'm speaking to you right now from the TED Countdown Summit in Detroit. We have people here from all around the world representing various sectors, from technologists to artists, scientists, politicians, and CEOs. Mm -hmm. And we're all focused on one critical objective, accelerating solutions to the climate crisis. And hey, I thought while I'm here, while this discussion is fresh, why not drop by the summit's recording studio to do a podcast? And so thank you to the TED team for making it possible. Siemens is a proud member of the TED Future Forum, which focuses on the role of business in creating a sustainable future. And thank you also to our guest today, Maisie Devine. Maisie, I really appreciate you putting this on your TED agenda this week, and I can't wait for the audience to meet you. Thank you so much for having me, Barbara. I'm so happy to be here. And with so many Siemens colleagues of yours here today, it's it's amazing to see Siemens so well represented and so engaged in the TED Countdown platform. I think kudos to you all. It's a privilege to be here. Hey, Maisie is the Executive Director of Sustainable Innovation at AB InBev, the world's largest beer brewer. She's also the founder of AB InBev's 100 Plus Accelerator Initiative, which is building an ecosystem of partners to address global sustainability challenges around beer brewing. Successful applicants receive funding, mentorship, and access to new networks to help them scale their, their capabilities. They might even get to partner with 175-year-old companies like <laughs> Siemens. <laughs> You'll find out a, a little bit more about that in a moment. But Maisie, let's start with the obvious question. What brings you to the TED Countdown Summit? And what's the most interesting thing you've learned in our conversation um, since you've been here? Sure. So I'm here because I think TED is an amazing convener of thinkers, of scientists, of, of innovators. And I think ideas worth spreading is one of their big mottos. So here to learn from those people, to get new, fresh thinking around solutions to our climate crisis, and, and to really think bigger about what we can do now and some of those more innovative solutions that are coming down the pipeline. Well, it, let's delve into you yourself, because it sounds to me like you're a lifelong learner. You're here representing 100 Plus Accelerator, but I know that our audience will want to know a little bit more about your background. You've been an entrepreneur. You've been focused on the idea of disrupting companies from within. What led you to put your energy into the 100 Plus Accelerator? So... I've been at AB InBev for just about seven and a half years. I started in our corporate venture capital arm, ZX Ventures. And it was there that I really started to see how having AB InBev as a client could supercharge the growth of startups and innovation. And I had a company called Convoy that I invested in. We did the investment alongside some commercial engagements uh, with the logistics team. We had an idea of how it would grow and how our revenue stream with them would grow, our commercial spend. And we were we severely underestimated how much we would engage with them 
once we made the investment. And so it ended up being very successful. They're now, I think, a, almost a $4 billion company in the logistics space. And a, a huge amount of that came from engaging with corporates and getting revenue streams from really large corporations, Fortune 500 companies. And so that was the first time I really understood how much we could help startups grow quickly through our own almost insatiable commercial spend. And I wanted to really double down on that and do it in a larger way with more startups. And that's kind of the the thesis of the 100 plus accelerator and how I designed the strategy for it. So you got to design the strategy. Take us along the growth journey. We have made some some major corporate commitments, uh, our 2025 goals, and they revolve around water, uh, decarbonization, and, and climate, uh, packaging, and agriculture. Uh, so we, we made these commitments, but we knew at the time that we didn't have all of the solutions to get all the way there. They were quite ambitious. We had a roadmap, but we had those gaps. And so we said, okay, we're going to make the commitments, and then we're going to look outside of our plans to innovators, entrepreneurs, scientists, the research community to see what were those cutting edge technologies out there that could plug those gaps and solve those challenges that would prevent us from from achieving the goals. And that's where the accelerator was born. So it was really to, in service to those goals and to find solutions for them. And so the the structure of the accelerator is to go out to our markets, to our experts in the field and say, what are those challenges? We take them, we consolidate them, we publish them openly to the market on our website so you can go on and you can see all of the challenges in some, in very specific detail, in a very specific market on what we need, what kind of solutions we need and the challenges that we're facing. We do a very thorough analysis. We had 800 applications in year one. We just closed applications for cohort five uh, and we had over 2,100, I believe. So it's, it's grown significantly. We're getting the word out there, amplifying in the different markets. Um, so we do a thorough analysis with our internal teams, get those expert involved in the process, the VC community, some of our NGO partners as well to really get a, a good grasp on what are the top solutions. We invite them into our program. The main piece is a POC or a, a small pilot with us. So it's up to $100,000 we allocate for a pilot within our supply chain to prove out their model to not only to the 100 plus accelerator team, but more, more importantly to the business unit head who is responsible for scaling them if they are successful. So showing and demonstrating to the business that this is a solution that works, that we can scale to make impact on the business and on our sustainability goals. And along the way, we provide mentorship and a team to really help project manage. I think that's so hard for startups is sometimes navigating the corporate, the large corporate organizations and structures and ways of working that we have that are maybe a little bit foreign to them. So we really try and give them the support that they need. And then we have a big demo day at the end where they showcase their results to investors, peer companies, media government folks, NGO folks to really showcase and amplify what they're doing to hopefully get those buyers to to make impact not only on ABNBEF, but on the world as well. So business driven, based in the real world challenges people are facing on 
supporting your journey, but their own journey to decarbonization as well. And and so action, action, action. One of the things we've learned here, we heard in a TED Talk just today, is the concept of the time value of carbon. And and yeah, I, I want to hear your reflections on, on that thought of what do we need to be doing? <laughs> so one of the things that I think is so incredible about implementing technology and innovation into supply chains is that what seems like small incremental changes in the boiler consumption or the use of water and beer in one process, it seems small, but when you scale that globally, it can make tremendous impact. So saving millions of gallons of water from maybe a small adjustment in wastewater treatment or saving hundreds of gallons of fuel or or more, many more than that, thousands of gallons of fuel off of small adjustments. So I love to see that and how some of those technological efficiencies can, can really drive change today. And we heard this morning, I thought that this was so great, is now is better than new. So some of these solutions can be, you know, what I think is so amazing about the program can be implemented in our supply chain today to make impact. Uh, and we have many of those startups in the accelerator to prove the model. And then we can look when we, because we have those use cases, because the accelerator is grounded in them, and that's what makes up the majority of the cohort, we can use maybe the remaining 25% to look further out to the maybe the, the solutions that are pushing the boundaries that aren't maybe ready for commercialization quite yet, but need us to be involved in the earlier stages to shape the product, to shape the supply chain, to really get them to be able to scale uh, eventually. But I love to be able to play off both the now, which is so important, and clearly we need to act now to be able to make impact, and the new. Yeah, I'm curious about your experience with cost. Um, so many people are talking about the cost of sustainability. And you know, are we willing to pay more in our supply chain in order to get sustainable? And I keep wondering, well, wait a minute. A lot of the changes we're going to make are going to drive efficiencies that may actually lead to cost reductions. What are What's your experience right now? So we have... I truly believe that sustainable business is good business and good business economics. And that's what we have seen as part of the program as well, is that when you implement more sustainable solutions into your supply chain, you will get cost benefit. Uh, And we've seen that through many of the implementations that we have done. Uh, I think not only in the accelerator, but even uh, larger scale, we've done some really large, we made a big uh, commitment on going 100% uh, renewable electricity by 2025. And as a part of some of those big purchase agreements that we have made and some of the investments in renewables, we've seen dramatic cost reduction in our energy pricing. So it's, I think, absolutely that we can find cost efficiencies and we can find those ways that we can have both more sustainable businesses and more uh, and more effective businesses and more and more, let's say it more profitable more businesses. profitable businesses thank you Barbara <laughs> hey let's give the audience a bit of an example um, Siemens is a proud partner in your initiatives and our our project with 
uh, you actually involves the hops you're using in brewing beer. I'm not sure if it's received as much attention as, say, semiconductor shortages, but there's been quite a bit of news about hops shortages, too. And my understanding is that climate change really is impacting hops harvests. It's reducing yields and add to that an ongoing global supply chain challenge. And there's clearly a need now to look at both how we can increase supply and how to do it more sustainably. So we know, and all my, my listeners will know, that I, I love the premise that moments of disruption give us the best opportunity to shape the future. So Siemens has been working now with the 100 Plus Accelerator to address your needs with vertical farming. Uh, it brings agriculture indoors and incorporates emerging technologies. It's vertical because crops are stacked high instead of arranged in rows under the sun <laughs> horizontally. And it's groundbreaking because advanced technologies that are used in manufacturing and building management are applied towards optimizing the growing conditions and how water and land is used. So in essence, we can create the perfect growing conditions every day, all the time, and increase production. I, what I've heard stats like vertical farming can produce up to 300 times more food per square foot compared to traditional agriculture. And you can have as many as 20 more growing cycles annually, depending on exactly what you're growing. And then meanwhile, 95% less water and the possibility to grow food without pesticides uh, because the inside operations um, are uh, keep them protected. And then maybe power all of that with renewable electricity. What we can continue to update listeners on is an Accelerator 100-plus pilot project that Siemens is investing in with a startup company called Econoke. They're creating a vertical farming solution for hops production. And the initial pilot is in Spain. And think about this, not only being able to raise the bar for sustainability in the production process, but eliminating the logistics, the, the long chain that gets those things to your market. And hops are really fragile. So they're hard to transport. Well, yeah, so let's go there. I mean, tell me about the impact that this project can have. Sure. So we have, as you mentioned, we've started to see some really dramatic issues with hop yield uh, in our agricultural supply chain. And we use all sorts of varieties and special hops in our beers, in the various beers that we brew. And so we... Are concerned about that, obviously, and need to make sure that we have a continued supply of these specialty hops that we that are vital to our business operations and the products that we so proudly make. And so, I think Econoke is one of those solutions that helps us to ensure it might not be all of our hops, but the ones that are maybe most severely impacted that are very specialized, that are endangered in some ways by some of the impacts from from the heat or the droughts, uh, that we are able to grow those anywhere all the time it is an incredible thing. Uh, and so we are piloting this with Econoque. They're currently in Spain. We've done, we've already brewed some beers in uh, our brewery in Leuven with the hops that have been harvested from the Econoque plant. And so it's it's amazing pilot. I think the scale-up potential is incredible, especially in parts of the world where maybe getting hops to those places where we're brewing is quite difficult or or quite costly. So it's it's something that I'm very excited about. And we're really happy that Siemens is involved in bringing this to life. 
Well, I think about the potential to maybe even brew in places where you couldn't previously. I mean, if you said, hey, the hops supply chain is just too fragile, and therefore I won't go to a certain region of the world, well, who knows? Maybe now you can because you can bring the right growing conditions straight to that region. Absolutely. And more distributed, resilient supply chain is something that we are very interested in investing in and looking at closely. What are some of the other um, investments that you're most excited about, Maisie? So we, our supply chain is so big and broad because we talk a lot about going from seed to sip. Uh, One of our biggest areas of improvement on decarbonization is refrigeration. So around 40% of our emissions profile comes from refrigeration. I don't think people would think of that as being one of the main drivers of of our emissions profile. And so we have a company that's currently in cohort four that has designed panels that go into, retrofit right into our standard refrigerators that help to optimize them. Uh, We're looking at around 30% is the target for that company to reduce the carbon footprint of those refrigerators. So I'm really excited about that. The founder who is actually here, I'm presenting at TED, said that in the lab yesterday, they actually got to over 60% in savings. So I was, I'm not going to take that as the the baseline, but maybe we can go even beyond the 30% that we had targeted to, to really make impact. Siemens actually worked with the American Society of Mechanical Engineers on their, they they do um, an innovation uh, project uh, year over year, and they had focused on food, the transportation, because we know how much is lost in transport, and young entrepreneurs applying their know-how, coming up with incredible innovations. We know this is a problem that needs to be solved, and it sounds like you're onto something. So, and did they do refrigeration specifically, or they were looking at food, the food supply chain system and transportation. Refrigeration became a big part of the answer here because that's simply, right, if you, have to, move, if you have to move food, you must, you must refrigerate. Wow, that's incredible. I'm so glad to hear it. And I think that there is a lot more that can be done in that area too. So, Good. And then I think there's other ones around logistics. I, I love logistics. I was saying before that Convoy had really sparked the idea for the accelerator early on. We have a company also here at TED that is taking our diesel trucks and legacy diesel trucks and retrofitting them to be fully electric. I saw a video from Jackson, the founder, yesterday morning of a truck that they had just done of ours in Mexico, just got the permit and license to drive on the road that used to be diesel is now electric. I think that's incredible, especially when you're thinking about the full transition to EVs and the capacity of new vehicles coming onto the road in addition to legacy fleets let's not let's make sure that we're that we're using those as well and we're fully participating in the circular economy so i love that one i have so many obviously but there's another one that has a really beautiful ted tie which is a company called chanzi they were in cohort 3 it's a tanzanian company the founder actually got his inspiration from a ted talk and they're using black soldier flies, which eat pretty much anything. They are eating our uh, brewers' spent grain and spent yeast, so co-products that we produce. And so eating them, turning them into larvae that goes into poultry and aquafeed, reducing the need for soya or fish meal, so, which are much more uh, environmentally intensive. So 
using a waste product of ours and transforming it into an input for the food system. Talk about a circularity solution. That's cool. Amazing. It's amazing. The kind of problems you're solving are common, not just to AB InBev, but to your peers and to other industries as well. And and I hear you talking about this as uh, something you're doing, obviously, for your own operations, but you're running an open ecosystem. Tell me about the other kind of players in the ecosystem. How do you build an ecosystem so that these ideas can really get the life they need to be viable businesses? Sure. So, we started the accelerator uh, alone. It was just an AB and Bev program, and it has definitely evolved since then. Uh, so we did it alone for two years, and in 2021, we brought on three corporate partners. So it's AB and Bev now, Coke, Colgate, and Unilever. So four of the largest consumer goods companies in the world, covering pretty much the whole globe, uh, working on these challenges together with so many complementary challenges across these supply chains. So that is something that has been truly transformational for the program to have those partners, to have them participating in the challenge definition process. So when you go on the website now and you see the challenges, that's not just AB InBev. That's Colgate and Unilever as well contributing to those challenges. Uh, We are selecting the companies together. Every startup that comes through the program pilots with at least one, if not more, corporate partners. We share the learnings, and then we look to implement the ones that are really successful across all four of the supply chain, of the partner supply chains. So when I talk about supercharging through just AB InBev, that times 10 when you're looking at the supply chains of the other corporate partners. So you can come in as a startup with a solution that works, that you're testing, and leave with four of the largest companies in the world as your clients. I mean, the ability to transform your business is incredible. And we get solutions to our challenges at the same time. So it's win-win for everybody. And that has really changed the game for us. We've also brought in partner integration partners and implementation partners. So Siemens is is one of those partners. Um, We have a retail partner in Europe because that is such an important part of the solution and the supply chain as well. We also now have local programs that have spun off from the global program. So those programs, we have eight of them now, I believe, across Brazil, Chile, China, Vietnam, and they are looking for solutions maybe a little bit earlier stage from the global program, incubating them in their local market sometimes sending them to the global program, sometimes continuing to use them and build them within the local market where they're solving a local problem. So it's a it's a big ecosystem. There are a lot of partners and a lot of opportunity to really scale up some of those innovations that we're seeing that make a ton of sense and help to solve some of our critical challenges. Well, scale is the magic word right now. Uh, and, and everyone is trying to learn how to increase their pace and, and really go to scale with major solutions. And I think what we should all be learning from this conversation is that ecosystems get there faster. Ecosystems are going to allow us to tackle the problems that need to be tackled at the right time. It's one thing to solve a little bitty problem in the you know long chain and within a larger, more complex system. But if we're working on these things together, we solve the right problem at the right time and ultimately get and make real I, impact and, and and get bigger bigger results. I'm convinced. 
And so I just wanted to give a couple examples of those. One, we have, and how this system works. So we had a company that's using, it's very technical, optical, or... This audience loves technical. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I'm definitely the wrong person to talk about this, but they're using optical sense, high, very high-tech optical sensing technology, machine learning, to optimize different liquid processes within the manufacturing system. The company is called H2OK Innovations. Unilever piloted them in cohort three. Uh, the pilot they found was very successful. They were looking at milk, so incoming milk and the consistency of it, because it can be, I did not know this, it can really vary. So different, uh, different shipments had different amounts of fat in them, and they wanted to be able to know what, what that looked like. I mean, incredible. <laughs> but, an, but an optical technology that would solve that problem. That problem. And what ended up happening is the pilot went well. Unilever is very excited to scale them. They just won the Unilever supplier supply, new supplier innovation award a few months ago. And so we are taking that learning AB InBev, and we are looking to pilot them uh, potentially in our supply chain. So perfect kind of crossover. Exactly what we're trying to do is get a learning from one of the partners, implement it in another. Colgate is looking at them as well. Uh, we have another company called Sorba that went through an AB InBev. We piloted them. We're scaling them up to almost 50 breweries this year, so from 1 to 50. And we have a number of other of the partners who are coming to us and saying, we have to see how you're using this. Can we come to your plant? Can we see it? Can we get a grasp of how you're using it to potentially put it into our own operation? So that's exactly what we want to see. And so let me tie this to two things we've been thinking about at Siemens. One is global, right? The idea of innovating somewhere, but then implementing everywhere. So Fast Company does a recognition for companies that are great for innovators. And both of us, AB InBev and Siemens, have both ended up on the list. I, we're both in the top 10. It's incredible. And I know you're 7 and we're 10, but no, we're coming for you. Hey, <laughs> listen, let's create a great environment for innovators because with, this, with the tools we have today of the, the digital innovation that's going on, the idea of being able to take... Um, a sensing technology, as you've described, and maybe use AI. Uh, what does perfect look like is the question. And then how can this technology help me detect perfect and correct so that every batch is perfect? And now how do I scale that to operations around the world? This is why we've built a platform that we call Accelerator. Now ours starts with an X, but you've got an accelerator, we've got an accelerator. What we're working on is a, an open digital business platform so that innovators everywhere who are working in this world of the internet of really big things, can, like factories and buildings, yeah. et cetera, so they can bring their capabilities to the table, offer those up in a way that can be accessed by businesses all around the world. That's how you change the world quickly. So... Uh, I think for me, the exciting part is how do we use the implementations that we're doing today and the cost savings that are coming from them or the new revenue streams to help to fund the, the new solutions and the further out ones that are maybe a little bit more nascent but so critical to meeting the challenges that we're facing on climate. That I think is such an interesting and amazing opportunity for the Accelerator program. 
I think seeing there's nothing like putting an innovation into the market and then seeing it go all over the world, seeing it being implemented in every corner of the globe. I mean, between the four partners, and I think I said this before, we are on every in every corner shop. We are in every supermarket and so in most households in the whole world to be able to have that footprint and impact to implement innovations and see that cascaded all over the world and what kind of impact that can make is, for me, I think why I come to work every day. And I am excited to continue to work with with entrepreneurs that have even more ambitious and more innovative ideas, implementing them in our supply chain to make impact. I can't wait to see what you accomplish. You know, it's amazing over this last day or so, the so far in the TED Countdown Summit, I've heard the chairman of Siemens, uh, Jim Schnabe, say something that really resonated with me, that if we want to make big progress, we have to set absurd goals and then trust that, that with the dreams and the details, we can make it happen. What we've heard from you, Maisie, is big dreams but you're also working your way through the details. I'll tell you that Siemens is all about enabling other people's dreams and the details we'll be able to enable as we bring the modern tools of manufacturing into AB InBev and, and the, the rest of this incredible market that you serve. This is a real opportunity and thank you for showing us the, the true potential. But I think we better get downstairs because there's a summit that we need to attend and I just don't want to keep you away for another minute. Maisie Devine, thank you so much for being a guest on the Optimistic Outlook podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Barbara. It was a pleasure. Please follow us on social media and on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you for tuning in.